0: This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.Muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, most gracious, most merciful. Alhamdulillah, all praise is indeed due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send complete blessings and salutations upon Muhammad, وسلم, his entire household, all of them without exception, and all his companions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them all without exception. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every one of us and our offspring without exception. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all safety from the punishment of hellfire. My brothers and sisters, you and I know as believers, we definitely believe that when we pass away, we will be questioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every one of us. And a quick way of having a good answer or making a poor answer correct is from now to seek forgiveness. So even if you've done something bad, you know you will have to talk about it. You know that it's going to have to be a question on the Day of Judgment. So how do you correct it and rectify it? You say, Oh Allah, forgive me. Oh Allah, I've done wrong. Forgive me. If that happens, Allah accepts that repentance and He deletes the sin. And actually when you arrive on the day of judgment, it may not even be mentioned. According to some of the narrations, it is made to be forgotten completely. If you were genuine, sincere, you changed your ways and habits thereafter. May Allah strengthen us and may He save us from hellfire. On that day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause the resurrection of all that He wants to cause the resurrection of. Mankind in particular, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will definitely bring them forth and begin questioning. And on that day, like I made mention yesterday and the previous day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be very, very angry at those who associated partners with Him. He says, any other sin, I'll see about it. I can forgive if I want. But when it comes to association of partnership with me, I don't want to forgive that. That will make him very angry. He mentions in verse number 22, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it, verse number 22 of surah al-an'am. Allah says, And on that day when we resurrect all of them together, then we will ask those who have associated partners with me where are those partners whom you claimed were my partners in worship where are they and the response will come because obviously nobody is going to see anything meaning nobody is going to appear no one can appear It's Allah. He's saying, okay, you said I had partners. You said that there were people or there were things or whatever it was. You believed as a deity together with me or besides me. I want to ask you, where are they? Bring them. There will be dead silence. Nobody will come forth, nothing will happen. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ثُمَّ لَمْ تَكُنْ إِلَّا أَنْ قَالُوا وَاللَّهِ Then the result of that test of theirs will be a statement from them Wallahi our RABB We were not associating partners with you. That will be the answer. When Allah says, Where are those partners you used to associate? They will say, Wallahi, we did not associate partners with you. And Allah says, <laughs> Look at how they have lied against themselves. How can you lie in front of Allah? If there is a sin that you've committed, there is no option but to admit it. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cannot lie to Allah. I might be able to lie to you because you didn't see me. But for Allah, you cannot say that, oh Allah, I didn't do this. You stand a better chance of being forgiven if you admit that you are wrong. There is another narration where there will be a man who has committed so much sin from the east to the west. Every file is filled with sin and he has 99 files filled with sin. And Allah will ask him, Do you deny any of this? He will say, no, Allahu Akbar. Oh Allah, you are my Lord. I don't deny any of this. And thereafter, a statement will be released that he had uttered in the form of a card where it will be written. You know the shahada, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. He had uttered that once in his life, genuinely, sincerely, and it is reported that will fall out of one of the files. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask the angels to take that card. This hadith is correct and authentic. It's known as hadith ul bitaqah the hadith of the card. And Allah will say, put all those 99 files on the scale, the left side because they are bad deeds. And this one card, put it on the right side. And wallahi my brothers and sisters, when that card goes on the right side, it tips the scale, as small as it is, and as big as those files are. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us through the blessed lips of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that that statement is more powerful than anything that this person has committed. But remember, shirk we won't tolerate. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen us. You know there is another verse, verse number 94 of the same surah. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala vividly describes the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And subhanallah, the description here is in past tense, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, because it's as good as done. And when they will be, or when you will have come to us. Alone singularly as we created you in the beginning. So when you come to Allah for questioning, you will be alone. One person. You come forth. Alone. Allah says, Furada, singularly. In fact, Allah says, "Wataraktum ma kum and you have left behind everything that we had bestowed upon you. You left it behind your back. Your father, your mother, your spouse, your children, your parents, your relatives, your wealth, your all your property, everything left. Who is there? You and Allah. And Allah says, we don't see those who you used to associate as partners, those you used to claim were shufa'a. those you used to claim were interceders on they be on your behalf here with us we don't find them here they are not here we don't see them so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says where are they manara ma'akum shufa'akum those people whom you believed would intercede on your behalf the ones you claimed we don't find them here but my brothers and sisters we do believe that muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam will have the power of intercession on the day of judgment this is why we say when you say Muhammadur Rasulullah, you need to be serious about it. Sallallahu alayhi wa We believe he is the messenger. We definitely are aiming for that intercession may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant it to us. So that Allah told us. But here Allah is referring to claims that people make. This one will intercede, that one will intercede. For example, some people believe in sticks and stones and various other creatures of Allah. This will intercede. Be careful. If Allah did not reveal that, remember, throw it out. Because it will result in us being thrown into destruction. And we need to save ourselves. So you will only be able to save yourself if you are conscious of that day at all times. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about hellfire, Verse number 27 of Surah Al-Imran. Allah says, tara idh You see the oppressors, the wrongdoers, the disbelievers, and the likes. When they will be standing on or before hellfire, about to be thrown in, and they are standing now on the edge. And they will say a statement. What is the statement? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَقَالُوا يَا لَيْتَنَا نُرَدُّ وَلَا نُكَذِّبَ بِآيَاتِ رَبِّنَا وَنَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ How we wish we could have another chance, we could go back, so we would not belie the verses of Allah that were recited to us, and we could become believers, so that we don't need to be thrown into hellfire. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, What a great loss, it's too late. We are fortunate the verses are recited to us. They affect us. Every one of you, I'm sure, when you hear the Qur'an being recited, something happens. It has to happen because you're a believer. And you know this is the Qur'an. This is the truth. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to understand this message and to take heed. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who don't believe in the meeting with Allah, they are at a loss. Verse number 31, قَدْ خَسِرَ الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِلِقَاءِ اللَّهِ Indeed, at a loss are those who have disbelieved in the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَتْهُمُ السَّاعَةُ بَغْتَهُ قَالُوا يَا حَسْرَتَنَا عَلَى مَا فَرَّطُنَا فِيهَا When the hour comes to them suddenly, they will definitely regret regarding what they used to do in the past. So, remember my brothers and sisters, those who don't believe in the hereafter, and there are many who claim there is no God, they claim that there is no hereafter, etc. When they are now aging, when they become a bit old, when they are sick, when they start coughing and sneezing and the bones begin to ache, and they start thinking, I promise you it crosses their minds. I wonder what's gonna happen after I die. So even if they claim they don't believe, they actually would confirm we don't really know exactly what will happen. And we are telling you, listen, we have convincing evidence that there is a meeting with the one who made you in the first place. Here it is. It's enough. And it's not just the Muslims who believe this. All the Semitic faiths, all those heavenly scriptures, they have the same message. That look, there will be a hereafter. Subhanallah. So Allah says, when the hour comes, and the hour refers to two things generally, one is your death, and secondly, the great hour, meaning the end, the end when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause the trumpet to be blown, and everything will come to an end. So when you die, it's a small hour, small qiyamah, because your deeds are now cut. But when the whole world comes to an end, it's a big qiyamah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. Now, another beautiful lesson that we learn. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was known as afdalul khalqi wa akramur rusuli we need to understand what that means afdalul Khalq, the most virtuous the highest of all creation we don't doubt that wa akramur rusuli that means the most noble the most honored of all the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yet they used to say bad words against him they used to utter words that used to hurt him. When he used to recite the verses of Allah, and he knew that this is from Allah, and he used to see people laughing, and they're scoffing, and so on. It used to hurt his heart, because he desperately wanted guidance for them, and he knew it was from Allah, but they didn't want to accept it. SubhanAllah, imagine how much it must have hurt him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him, and the lesson is for all of us, that you know, we know, that their statements hurt you. But we want to give you news. What is that news? They don't belie you. They know that you are telling the truth. But their arrogance is making them deny. Those who are oppressive and those who are wrongdoers, because of their evil, they won't see the light. So my brothers and sisters, let's save ourselves. Sometimes because of our sins, we don't see right from wrong. Sometimes because our income is haram and we're eating that which is prohibited, we feel lazy to read salah. And you wonder, why am I lazy to pray? Well, perhaps something in your system is not conducive. You know, if you have a vehicle that you are told to use a specific type of diesel, you know, they call it diesel 50, I think. And if you are going to put in a different type of a diesel, you think it's not going to affect your engine? It will affect it. And in a diesel vehicle, if you go and put petrol, that's the end of it and vice versa. Subhanallah. So my brothers and sisters, what you consume, if it's not halal, do you really think this engine is going to be able to take you for salah? Do you really think it's going to be able to take you towards goodness without jerking to a halt? Allahu Akbar. Look at the example. So, put that which is permissible, that which is good for your engine. And every now and again, you know, you have some of the cleansers that they put in there to clean the engine. Learn to clean that engine by fasting for the sake of Allah. It will definitely clean your spirituality. It will make you a person if you can fulfill taraweeh in the evening of Ramadan. So many units of prayer, so long and prolonged. I'm sure it will make it easy for you to actually pray outside of Ramadan. It will feel so short. I mean, we're reciting here in the evening. We're taking our time. As you notice, we want to try and read correctly because we have been taught that on the Day of Judgment, each person will be told to recite the same way they used to recite on earth. So if you used to zoom through the verses on that day, the way you will read will be an embarrassment. So therefore, slow down, calm down, read melodiously. When you are standing in salah, wallahi, you should have in your mind, the idea that you are now standing on the day of judgment in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you are reciting. This is when you will take your time. You won't mind, you won't worry. What the time is? It can be 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock. We don't mind. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take us through to Jannah. My brothers and sisters, we need to be told this because sometimes, you know, even in salah, we see people, they are standing and the imam is taking a bit long and suddenly they look at their watch in salah and then they shake their head And the person next door is thinking, this man knows Arabic. So he's shaking his head. You know, beautiful verses. Not realizing he's saying, no way, this guy is taking too long. May Allah forgive us. My brothers and sisters, this is not how we should be treating acts of worship. So make sure that what you do is correct for the sake of Allah. Seek a lot of forgiveness and you will be encouraged. It will become easy for you to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, verse number 33, Surah Al-An'am. قَدْ نَعْلَمُ إِنَّهُ الَّذِي يَقُولُونَ فَإِنَّهُمْ لَا يُكَذِّبُونَكَ وَلَكِنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ We know that it hurts you what they are uttering. It saddens you. It makes you sad what they are saying. But we want you to know that they do not belie you. They are not saying you're a liar. They know in their hearts that you're not a liar. You are telling the truth. But the oppressors from among them are just denying the verses of Allah out of pride, out of arrogance, and various other qualities. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Similarly, we have verse number 34. <laughs> And, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, messengers before you were belied. Meaning the people treated them in a bad way as well. But they were patient. They were patient regarding the harm that came in their direction until the help of Allah came to them. So what do I learn from this? I need to be patient. When people try to harm, when people try to say things, Don't be worried about what the world will utter about you. They have to say bad things. It's their test. People will not stomach the good that Allah has bestowed upon you because the devil is around making everybody jealous. And this is why when they say things, you know the truth, why are you so sad? Learn a lesson from this. You cannot block the mouths of the people. You know, the internet today is open and free for all. You cannot block it. People will say what they want. Don't even look at it. Just smile and carry on. If you know you are right, you know between you and Allah, the relationship is beautiful, worry about what people have to say they will continue saying things they will call you words and names they called Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam worse names than they can call you, you know what they called him, the Quran makes mention of it, they said he's a madman innaka lamajnun, you are a madman a'udhu billah, they said you are a magician, you know people today are accused of doing witchcraft we spoke about it the other day It's simple for someone say, you know, my mother-in-law, she really, she engages in witchcraft. Watch out, that statement is dangerous. It does not mean that because she has asked you what to do and what not to do, that she is suddenly a witch. Astaghfirullah. Those statements are so dangerous. They will probably be in paradise before you. Because that statement and the hurt of it is really tremendous. So they told the same thing to Muhammad ﷺ. They called him a magician. They called him a madman. They called him a womanizer. They said he's after the women. That's what they said. Then they said he's after money. Oh, you know what? He is after money. He's after wealth. And then they said he's after power. These are statements that people have uttered against Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the Quran and the sunnah have made clear. What do you think they will say about you and I? You need to take it easy. If you know you are clear, forget about it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us strength. I'm just thinking of thousands of things that people say about me. And trust me, I'm still smiling. Why? Because Jannah is not controlled by them, nor do they have a key. We are worried about the one who has the key of Jannah. Be in good terms with him. When you go, the doors will be open. The the angels will greet you with, Salamun alaikum. And that day you can walk. Mm, MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. (laughs) MashaAllah. What are you worried about those people of the dunya for? Those people of the earth, they don't even butter your bread, my brothers and sisters. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. What a beautiful lesson we learn from this. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then tells us, when He punishes nations, mostly He punishes them in order for them to soften up and to turn to Allah, so that they become humble. But some nations don't become humble, they are punished and that makes them even more arrogant. Allahu Akbar Listen to what Allah says Verse number 42, 43, and 44 of Surah al And indeed we have sent before you messengers to nations and we have punished them with hardship, difficulty so that they can become humble but Allah says, Had it been that they would have softened up and become humble, it would have definitely been better. But do you know what they did? Their hearts became hardened. Their hearts became hardened. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we punish them as a result of their deeds. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala soften us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. Remember, when Allah gives you a lot, it does not mean He is happy with you. And when Allah takes away from you, it does not mean He is upset with you. Not necessarily. Sometimes He'll give you because He's happy. But sometimes He gives you because He just wants to punish you after that. And sometimes he takes away from you because he wants you to come closer to him. And sometimes he takes away from you because he wants to punish you. There is no blanket ruling to say, now that this person suffered a loss, Allah is upset with him. No. Sometimes they suffer a loss, that loss makes them come closer to Allah. So it's better for them. Listen to what Allah says, the very next verse. Allah says, <laughs> When they forgot what they were reminded about, Allah says, they forgot the message of the messengers. They turned a blind eye to the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, you know what we did to them? We opened the doors of everything for them. Indulgence. They indulged. We gave them. We opened the doors. They became wealthy. They became healthy. They became people who had children, who had everything in terms of the world. And they were swimming in it so much that they forgot us. And then suddenly we punished them and took it all away at once. حَتَّىٰ إِذَا فَرِحُوا بِمَا أُوتُوا Then, when they, become, when they became very happy with what they had, بغتة, We suddenly pulled it away from them, all of it. And we punished them in that way. This verse shows us, My brothers and sisters, save yourselves from the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by being content with what He has given you. No matter what you have, it should draw you closer to Allah. If your wealth makes you humble, it is a means of mercy of Allah. If your wealth makes you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of salah, if it brings you closer to Allah, then it is a means of His mercy. And if your wealth makes you arrogant and proud, it's a means of your destruction. Similarly, when you are tested with a test and it brings you closer to Allah, it was a gift of Allah. And when you are tested with a test and it makes you upset and angry and turns you away from Allah, that was the punishment. So the criteria is not whether you get or don't get. The criteria is how close are you to Allah? How humble a human being are you? That's what it is, my brothers and sisters. Then we have another very great lesson in the same surah where the mushrikeen of Makkah, those disbelievers of Mecca the cronies and the wealthy ones and the powerful ones and those in authority, they came to Muhammad and they said, O Muhammad we want to believe in what you have come with but we notice that they are poor people, cheap people who used to be our slaves who are with you. They are in your company, the likes of Bilal ibn Rabah and Suhaib al-Rumi and Khabbab ibn al-Arat anhum jamee'an. So these people took objection and they said, we want to come but... When we come, chase those ones away. Take them on one side. Talk to us alone. We want to have you exclusively for ourselves. You know what? Allah revealed verses immediately. Verse number 52 of Surah Al-An'am. وَلَا تَطْرُدِ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ بِالْغَدَاتِ don't ever chase away those who are seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by day and night. Those who are calling out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't chase them away. The Prophet sallallahu immediately told these people, listen, that's not possible, impossible. Islam, the rich and the poor, all need to stand in one line. The black and white, all need to stand in one line. You cannot say, you know what, I I earn more, so I'm going to stand a little bit in front of you in the saf. No way. That cannot be. That can never ever be. May Allah forgive us. When you go for hajj, you wear the same clothing. You cannot say, I'm a rich man, so mine just needs to say Adidas at the back. Astaghfirullah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. When you pass away, you cannot have a designer. Kafan, you know the shroud. It's all the same. There is equality in Islam, like it or not. You stand next to a man, he doesn't even know what you're worth. Or you might be smelling of perfume, subhanallah, and the other brother cannot afford the perfume. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen us. Thereafter, Muhammad sallallahu was issued a beautiful instruction regarding these poor people. Allah says to him, Allah calls them mu'minin, mu'minin meaning these believers, referring to these people who were being spoken about in the previous verse. So verse number 54, Allah says, وَإِذَا جَاءَكَ الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِآيَاتِنَا فَقُلْ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ كَتَبَ رَبُّكُمْ كَتَبَ Whenever... These mu'mineen come to you, greet them with salamun alaikum. Greet them properly. So, the Prophet ﷺ was instructed more importantly to greet those who were being referred to as paupers and former slaves and people who are not fit to sit with the rich. Go out of your way to greet them. And he used to say, Oh, you are the ones whom Allah instructed me to greet. Assalamu alaikum. Wow. Wow. My brothers and sisters, aren't we guilty sometimes of not giving much importance to the poor people? Aren't we guilty sometimes of not greeting them? You see a man, okay, by the way, his clothing is tatty, torn, and so on. So we don't really greet him, we walk out of the way. And you see another guy with a suit and you go, Asalaamu Alaikum, hey, Asalaamu Alaikum, hey, my brother, relax. You don't know who is closer to Allah here. You greet everyone with a beautiful smile. It's a sign of judgment that you will only greet those you know. And you leave those you don't know. That's a sign of Qiyamah. Yakunu salamu lil ma'rifah. Salam will only be because I know you personally. Salaam alaikum. No. We as mu'mineen are taught to spread the salam among every single mu'min. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. What beautiful lessons. If we adopt this, we will save ourselves from a lot of the social conflict that we face today. We will have a lot of harmony and goodness in society. We will feel the bond and the link. That having been said, never abuse the fact that someone has greeted you to try and extract something from them. A person greets you, salamu alaykum. So now you hold that hand. That is the worst feeling. You're holding the hand against what the person wants. Shake his hand and leave it. Then you talk to him without holding him. You, they hold the hand and then they keep on telling, you "No, know, brother, I, am, I really need 20 rands from you, brother. My brother, leave my hand, man. You know? <laughs> I really, I need 20 rands. Come on, I know you have that money. It's not much for you, my brother. Sheikh, please, it's not much. Don't do that. That's an embarrassment. That's not correct. You greet, wa wa you really want, write a small note, give it to them. You know, I need 20 rands. It's more respectful. They will not be, you know, harmed. The next time they won't want to greet you. So, my brothers and sisters, we need to take heed. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has warned us in this regard. You greet someone with a smile, don't embarrass them. We've spoken about it in the past. And in this way, inshallah, we'll be able to build a beautiful, lovely society. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. These are very cold days. And I see the elderly here braving the cold and braving us opening windows and getting the fans done. For you is Jannah. Trust me, for you is Jannah. I know some feel hot, some feel cold. Trust me, up in the front, we are boiling sometimes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the heat of Jahannam. And may Allah grant every one of you Jannah for having braved it. Some of you are coming from far and wide, wallahi. I know what's going on. And I know that there are people from all over. And I know this side is colder than that side. I know that. I know that. But my brothers and sisters, our dua, be a bit patient for you will be Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the goodness that he has promised us wa ala nabina muhammad subhanallahi